0: Love it. I love to see every year what our creative arts staff comes up with with their parodies. It's become one of my favorite Mother's Day tra- traditions, so a well done crew. Baby, did well in your first uh, music video uh, preview. So, uh, (laughs) hey, ladies, thanks so much for joining me today. In case you don't know, this is LJ Ross. LJ's on staff. You get to see her uh, up ministering to us like times this morning. And my wife, Tammy, uh, is here. And uh, I love on Mother's Day for a chance to get to hear from from moms. And uh, I was thinking back, it was a couple weeks ago, actually, LJ, you and I sat and we had a conversation just trying to talk about what's going on in the lives of moms and and, uh, especially during this season and this time. And I think there's been struggles for everybody but some unique challenges in the heart uh, of a mother. And uh, so God's really been laying something on your heart as we kind of had that conversation. Why don't you share a little bit about where you've been in that journey?
1: Yeah, God has been giving me a really clear vision of the battle that we moms are in. I don't know about you, but this past year of political unrest, racial tensions, a global pandemic and more, Um, there's no skirting around the issue that parenting and shepherding a child's heart in this world is not easy. So before I get started, let me just tell you a little bit about me. Um, I have a nine-year-old son, a seven-year-old son, and a two-year-old daughter. I've been married to James for 11 years, and um, when you don't see me up here singing, um, I'm usually behind a camera or video directing, so shout out to my production crew. (laughs) Uh, But okay, back to moms. Um, I remember before I became a mom myself, I overheard other ladies around the church swapping stories and I just thought to myself, oh, I cannot wait to be a part of that mom club. Fast forward, I have my own kids and I'm looking around to ask someone like, is breastfeeding really this hard? Or will I ever sleep again? Or am am I doing okay? And it turns out there was no mom's club. There was no easy way to find my tribe or figure out who to talk to. Um, In the early days of momming, I felt the nudge from the Lord then to become a connector. A mom who reached out to other moms and said, just come sit on my couch. I don't care what you look like. I don't care when you last showered. I don't care how many kids you have in tow. Just come and let's connect. Let's be together in this. And so nine years later, connecting with moms is still such a passion on my heart. So Brian and I were in this conversation a few weeks ago about what Mother's Day might look like at Lex City this year. And I shared with them a passage that the Lord had been highlighting for me and what it meant for me in the context of mothering. So that's where we're gonna to start today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Second Chronicles twenty, or as always, you can look up the sermon notes at LexCity.info.
0: Well done, LexCity.info again, all the sermon notes, everything is there for you to get connected. And I love the idea that you chose Second Chronicles chapter twenty. It's this passage that the context is the context of battle. You have a king who's getting ready to prepare for battle against insurmountable odds. It it feels a lot like parenting uh, in the challenges that we face. And so in uh, verse 1, we see this, that King Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, has not only one army going against him, but he has two armies coming in. In verse 1, it reminds us that the Moabites and the Amorites are both united, and they're coming after Israel. So word gets to the king That the army is on the doorsteps. And what makes this even more unusual is that the two armies have chosen to come by a little known path on the southern side of the Red Sea. Catches the king completely off guard. And so as we pick up our passage, we see the king outnumbered, caught by surprise, and Jehoshaphat finds himself all alone.
1: Well, as a mom, I never find myself alone. (laughs) But I often find myself outnumbered and caught by surprise Um, So let's pick up in the next uh, verse here, in chapter three, or verse three. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. So don't miss that. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved. So this tells me here that even a man of Jehoshaphat's caliber, even a leader of his status, will face alarm from time to time. As leaders and as moms, we can be sure of this, that we will face hardship, Mm -hmm. that we will feel alarmed or confused or frustrated or Mm -hmm. ready to pull our hair out. Mm -hmm. For some, the alarms and the wounds of motherhood begin even before motherhood happens, okay? The hurt Mm -hmm. and confusion of the single life when you truly desire a mate, Mm -hmm. it stings. The inability to get pregnant or to stay pregnant, it hurts. I remember when James and I lost our third pregnancy at 11 weeks, the confusion and the pain was astronomical. We didn't understand. Jesus said in this life we will have suffering, and he didn't just mean with the easy stuff. So I just wanna say to anyone who can hear me, if you're suffering through infertility or miscarriage, or a loss of any kind, I see you, Mm -hmm. he sees you, you're not alone. We are so glad you're here on Mother's Day and I hope you know how much you're loved. Or maybe for you, you're alarmed or surprised because motherhood doesn't feel like you thought it would. Maybe you wrestled with postpartum depression or um, are struggling through you thought you would have a baby to fix a broken marriage and that didn't work. Or maybe you just have a toddler who won't listen and feels like she's stealing all of your joy. <laughs> is, that, is that just me? <laughs> Seriously, she's my third kid, but the first one to rub poop on the walls. <laughs> And I wish it was only the walls, but the carpet cleaner did the job. Um, She's my third, but the first to break the closet doors off the hinges and be found swinging from the bars inside. She's my third, and I thought I was an expert, but she tests my patience in every single way possible. Did I mention she's only two? I am alarmed. I'm alarmed. So maybe you're in a really hard season of motherhood right now where hour by hour you feel beat down or the sibling squabbles are just too much. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Um. (laughs) Or maybe it's just the comparison that happens in motherhood that's confusing to you. You're happy, you're healthy, you're finding your mom groove, but then you get on Instagram. Instagram and all the mamas there look pretty, they have their lives seemingly together, they're exploring careers and opportunities that you wish you were having, but just aren't for you in this season of life. It's so easy to buy into the lie that somehow you are lesser than because your fashion isn't on trend, your house isn't clean, your food isn't organic, your kids' clothes don't match, or whatever it is that causes you to question that what you're doing and who you are isn't
2: enough. Oh, I hear you, LJ, and as moms, we are resonating with you. I mean with a group of moms at my home, and we have all different kinds of moms. Some biological moms, one mom by adoption, one with a quiver full of spiritual kids, and I think the title of spiritual mom is perfect for her. Oh, and I can't forget the fur moms. I ask permission, though, to share this um, because a couple weeks ago, our mom who is an adoptive mom and has two beautiful adopted children, she shared with us what, what we as a group considered a cause for alarm. We could hear it in her voice and we could see it in her eyes. And she said, my daughter's biological mom just showed up to be a part of my daughter's life. Wow, that's frightening for our friend. Maybe similar to the fear that Jehoshaphat had when he learned of the approaching army showing up out of the blue. Not too long ago, I was in a season and identifying with other mothers who were launching our children out into the world. We feel alarmed. We were feeling the loss of control as our kiddos are now making their own decisions and we're kinda just standing back there, just being the observer, hoping with our fingers crossed that we would get the phone call that says, with that blessed question, Mom, what do you think? It's like you know in your head that this is part of the process to release them, but the loss that you feel, it's a struggle, and it can really be very frightening. I far too often um, hear the fear and the anguish in moms that are watching their adult son or their adult daughter toss aside their morals and their values and turn their back on God. These moms, you moms, are alarmed and hurting deeply as you see the enemy just swoop in to steal your child and to harden their heart. I know many moms are fighting this emotional battle, just wanting the relationship back with their adulting child. It's heartbreaking and it's devastating for a mom's heart. Sometimes in our life, there are new roles that, and new titles that are bestowed upon us that bring us alarm and bring us worry in our soul, like stepmom or maybe mother-in-law, which has been a new role in the last couple years for me. See, I've always been a boy mom, and all of a sudden, there's this angst in my spirit as far as like, I don't to do this girl thing and this daughter thing, you know? Because I just, you're just wanting that relationship, and what do I need to do to build that relationship with these precious girls now that call me mom? You know, sometimes, um, and I'm quite sure that grandmoms feel quite alarmed too because it's your baby's baby, right? I imagine grandmas often feel outnumbered, like maybe Jehoshaphat. Or at least they feel out-technologied, right? In our today's world, are there any grandmas out there that would like us to go back to the phone with the long cord hanging on the wall (laughs) and the television set that only has three channels and even a knob that turns? You know, we can relate. (laughs) Women, we struggle. The struggles, the pain, the battles, they'll never end. And mothering doesn't get easier. It just gets different. We as females are designed uniquely by God. He has created us and wired us specifically to nurture and foster relationships. We are the thermostat, we're the connectors, the thermostat in our homes. We set the temp. So we must understand and we must be prepared that we will have those feelings of alarm in every season of motherhood. It's that tension and that love that pounds in our heart of every mom as you watch your heart go walking around
1: outside your body for the rest of your life. Now, we don't mean to bring up these alarms to make you think that parenting (laughs) is all bad. Please don't believe that. Um, The little infant smell you smell (laughs) their little head or the giggles that fill the house and the days when everything clicks are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, There are certainly plenty of joy-filled moments every day and every single parent I know would say, it's all worth it to be launching your child successfully after 12 years of school or to see your adult children thriving and living out their Mm -hmm. dreams but sometimes that's not how it happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the prodigal son hasn't run home yet, or the day to day struggles seem to overwhelm you. So, to anyone here today, this is who we're talking to those who are stuck in their hurt or their confusion, or their alarm please understand that it's not a sin to feel that, right. to feel those emotions. It's not a failure on your part. Mm-hmm. We all feel alarm and fear when the vast army is coming against us, but we don't stay there. Your feelings are an indicator, but they are not a dictator. So let's look back again to the second part of the scripture. We read, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved, he took action. He didn't just stay there, he didn't stay stuck in it, he didn't sit and wallow. No, the Bible tells us that Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and all the people came together to seek help from the Lord. So let's think about what that looks like in our areas of struggle today. Where might you be stuck as a victim when the Lord desires freedom for you? What happened to you, what that person did to you, it's not your fault but you must lift your head, inquire of the Lord. You ask him, how can I take the next step forward in my healing? It may be counseling or finding the right book or resource or attending a recovery group, but the action to take that step forward can only be accomplished by you. Or where might you be searching for peace in your house right now? But you keep expecting a temporary escape to solve the problem. A temporary escape is counterfeit peace. It feels good in the moment, but it doesn't fix the issue. You can snap those pics of your toes in the sand on the beach, (laughs) but you'll come back from vacation to the same troubles. Zoning out to Netflix, or mindlessly scrolling social media, or whatever it is you do, It won't fix the ache. We've even started to label these temporary escapes as self-care or self-love. And while uh, I love a latte at Starbucks or a good bubble bath, that's not the peace that we're looking for. Yes, every mom deserves a girl's night out, and every leader a rest or a sabbatical from time to time. But if your kids need to be in bed or gone so you can have some peace, then you're focused on the wrong kind of peace. The peace Jesus provides us doesn't mean tranquility, or that everything's running smoothly, or that you get what you want from everyone around you. Jesus says in the book of John, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus gives us a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that others can't comprehend because even when the hard things come, you remain unshaken. Now, I'm not saying that with God's peace you won't feel angry or tired or completely mentally drained after being quarantined in your home for 12 months with no play dates and no toilet paper watching the same shows over and over and over again while homeschooling and running a business. You get my point, right? I'm not saying that those feelings won't come. But I'm saying that the resolve to seek the Lord must come quickly after. Only trusting and listening to the Holy Spirit can bring true peace. That's so good,
2: LJ. So let's look back at our text here because it tells us what action Jehoshaphat takes and the significance of two key relationships, the vertical and the horizontal. In verse three, it says, Alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Another translation reads, he turned his attention and asked the Lord, what do I do? So his first go-to and action step was vertical. He asked God for help. He had a relationship with God. So really my first thought and my question for each of us today is, do you have that personal relationship with God? Here at Lex City, we talk a lot about a personal relationship with God because we want everyone to know how much God loves them and that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus' blood is what was given for us so that we can be forgiven of our sins. That's the greatest Mother's Day gift that we could give to you. Receiving forgiveness and experiencing a personal relationship with Jesus, that is the best gift ever. So if you want to know more about that, please talk to us after service, or if you're watching online, make note of that and mention of that. We want to help you receive that gift today. So back to our text, we see that when Jehoshaphat becomes alarmed and doesn't know the next step to take, his go-to is turning to God first, the vertical. Asking God, what do I do? about this vast army that's approaching. I don't know, and so for many of us, we find ourselves in a similar battle, don't we? We're unsure and unclear of the next step and how to fight the battle that's around us. Would you ask yourself, where is my go-to when I am alarmed? See, often we bypass the vertical relationship and we go directly to the horizontal. We pick up the phone and we call the friend, or we pick up our device and we go through social media to find a sympathetic ear, but not Jehoshaphat. He turns his attention first, upward to God, and he asks the question, What do I do? It's an easy question, isn't it? It's pretty simple. But we often don't ask that question. Some of us don't ask that question and ask for help because we think it's a sign of weakness and really my pride tells me to figure it out on my own. Or maybe we don't wanna ask the question to God because I really don't want him to tell me what to do. Or could it be that some of us believe that asking God will just bring more problems and issues in my life and something even worse because down deep, I believe God holds my past sins over me and his forgiveness and his love is not for me. But God, help our unbelief. Dear friends, moms, these are excuses, these are lies, and these are unbeliefs. Turning to God first and asking the question simply puts you in a position of surrender and an attitude of humility. And in God's kingdom, that's exactly where he wants you to be. In God's kingdom, asking for his help in the unknown is what I like to call the empty space. It's where he steps in. See, when we ask God the question, what do I do, we leave space for him to move in us and to move around us. And only he is the one that knows what will best fill that space. Maybe it's words of comfort, maybe it's clarity and guidance. Or maybe it's peace in your spirit. Or strength to make it through the day. The empty space is where God works all things for my good and for his glory. The empty space is then also where God, I believe, shines. And guess what? The world takes notice of that shine and then we get the opportunity to point someone to him. That's a sweet place to be. So let's look quick back at Jehoshaphat and see what his answer was in that unknown empty space that he was feeling. Verse 15 says, the spirit of the Lord says, do not be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours but God's. And then skip down to verse 24 says that, when they looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. What? God just stepped in and took care of it. The victory was theirs without even lifting a sword. But boom just like that. How does that happen? I don't know, but I know that my God does because his ways are not my ways. God makes a promise to us, and in James 1.5, James tells us, if you need wisdom, ask your generous God who will give it to you. He promises to give it to you. And I love that, Um, friends, moms, do not skip that vertical relationship first. Turn your attention to God and ask, what do I do? He will do his work and you will experience his divine rescue and victory for your good and for his glory. So LJ, these two key relationships that Jehoshaphat is telling us about, the vertical first and then the horizontal. Share with us the power of that horizontal relationship.
1: Yeah, the second kind of relationship we need in times of struggle is community. So Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. And that's certainly the story of my friend Emily and I. Mm -hmm. Can I share our story with you real quick? (laughs) Emily and I met um, at a random moms group at a local cloth diapering store. (laughs) At the end of the meeting, they just kind of said, hey, would everyone share just something that was a a motherhood struggle for you this week? And um, I was vulnerable and shared that I was really struggling with my autoimmune disease, dermatomyositis, and it it was making it hard for me to pick up my baby and hold him, and it was making it hard for me to feel like a good mom. Emily ran over immediately to me after dismissal to tell me that her husband had dermatomyositis as well. We were in awe. The incidence of this disease is nine in one million. So most people with DM, as we call it, um, have never met anyone with it before. We were so excited and we planned a few playdates to get to know each other better and for me to get to meet her husband, Will. Not long after our first few hangouts together, I invited Emily to the women's retreat our church was having. And it was there that she was compelled to recommit her life to Christ and surrender all the things that she was trying to control to Jesus. After that, she and Will began attending services here. And uh, he was struggling on his faith journey as someone who um, understands science and reason Uh, after his time um, as a meteorologist in the Air Force. He was having trouble um, figuring out what that meant for him in terms of belief in God. So Emily asked if it was okay if she brought him over to talk to my husband, James, who as a pharmacist is very married to numbers and facts and research um, and was able to share his personal testimony of how that works in his walk with the Lord. Um, Then on September 20th, 2015, Will gave his life to Christ. Amen. It was so incredible (laughs) to have this friendship that I could see was specifically designed by God. Mm -hmm. And I've even journaled about how if my trials and my hospital time and my struggles with dermatomyositis are all for Will's salvation, then I accept it. Then I'll take that, I'll carry that. Mm. Now, mom relationships don't come easy. Emily and I had, have had to work through, it's not just mom to mom. You gotta make sure all the kids oh enjoy goodness. each other and everybody's okay, and it's been difficult. We've had seasons of unmet expectations or times when our parenting styles don't quite match up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even feel guilty that I'm in a season of health and near remission mm-hmm. and Will still struggles to walk. He can't lift his arms, and he can't do the things that he wishes he could do as a dad and as a husband. Emily and I have committed that no matter what, we have each other's backs. We realize that two are better than one, that we weren't meant to do this journey alone, and that God's plans for us and our families are way better than we could have planned or asked or imagined. So I know you hear my story, and you say, but LJ, I don't have an Emily I don't have somebody like that in my life. And I would say I didn't see this coming either. Um, I just stepped away from my career to stay at home. Uh, A lot of my friends had moved away. But I would have missed the blessing of Emily had I not gone to that mom's group today. I would have missed the blessing of community had I not made a plan to get into community and to stay there even when it was hard. Sometimes it's hard to reach out and to be known. But if we all can commit together to creating this net, this net to catch our struggling sisters, this net to catch our widows, this help and support to carry what a single mom cannot carry on her own, then we begin to look more like the people around Jehoshaphat who came together to pray. We begin to look more like the Acts 2 church. We're giving gifts. We're meeting needs. We're dropping meals. We're doing whatever it takes to make everyone in the body feel supported. If you currently find that a supportive community is lacking in your life, are you willing to ask yourself why? Why? Some of us have been burned by a friendship or a church and hurt so deeply that we don't want to try again. Some of us show up only looking at what in, what's in it for us in every situation. When people disappoint us, we write the relationship off just because our personal preferences weren't met. Mm-hmm. Some of us can label ourselves as introverts or blue temperaments, and while there's certainly validity to your unique <laughs> wirings and your need for personal space mentally and physically, Only having your own voice as your compass without allowing other people around you to speak into your life can become dangerous. I'm not saying to act like someone that you're not, but I am saying let somebody in. These are just some of the reasons that community can be really hard. So I want you to think, what's one action you can take this week to move further into community rather than away?
0: That's such a good challenge, I think, for us, isn't it? It's to take action, to do something. What are you doing to build into these two critical relationships, the relationship with the Lord and the relationship with one another? King Jehoshaphat finds himself in this moment, and the Lord speaks to him and reminds him, says, this is the way I need you to position yourself so you can receive the blessing and the protection of the Lord. Lord tells the king, king, when Tammy read it just a little bit earlier, God says, man, I'm going to go before you and fight this battle. In fact, you're going to win it, and you won't have to raise a sword. But I need you to do something before that. So go back to verse 17. and It says this. You will not have to fight this battle, so take up your position and stand firm. Stand firm, right? That's the key. When when everything in you wants to run, when you want to bail, when you want to jet, when you're just wore out and had enough with it, The Bible says, man, stand firm. When the enemy knocks on your door and the sword is drawn, stand firm. When you have those days that seem overwhelming to you, when you have those seasons of life that just seem extremely unfair, stand firm where you're at. That word and that phrase, it kind of reflects back. It's really words that Moses used early. Remember when Moses was standing at the Red Sea with the children of Israel? And the Egyptian army was flooding over the hills with their chariots and their horses, and it seemed like an insurmountable task was coming their way, and fear was gripping them. Moses yells out in that moment, stand firm, because if you run, all could be lost. And you know, that may be simply the word that some of you need to hear today. If you run, all could be lost. <laughs> Last hour, I had a chance just to pray with a father. That was where he was at. And the simple word was just stand firm. Man, hold your position. I know emotionally it doesn't feel like it at this time, but if you run, all could be lost. It's always easier, isn't it, in the short term? It's always easier to avoid or evade opposition. But the challenge is this but if we give in and if we give up, we're gonna miss out on something extremely special. And that special part is found in the third part of this verse.
2: And I love that God reminds Jehoshaphat in the second part of that verse, see the deliverance the Lord will give you. In time, he will see deliverance. And as a mom in that next season of mothering, I'm getting to see the fruit of those years of standing firm. Sure, the days were long, but the years have flown by. So moms, dads, grandparents, God has a victory for you. Stay in the war, fight the battles that come, and do not give up, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will give you. As we close today... We would like to pray and sing a blessing over our moms. So if you are a mom, would you please join us? Would you please stand? If you are a grandmom, a mom, a spiritual mom, we want you to receive this blessing this morning. Bow your heads please with me.
1: God, we're ready to receive. Jesus, would you speak to the heart of each woman here? Would you let her know that you will fight the battle? The battle is yours and the victory is already won. Jesus, would you calm every fear? Would you love only the way that you can love? Would you help the women to feel peace and a steadiness? Jesus, would you help them to receive your blessings today? The battle is yours, God, and the victory is won.